Welcome to Kingdom Light Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. But if you take your Bible and just, just hold it up against you or your phone, and we're just going to pray for a moment. Father, I thank you for the word. I thank you that the word is life. I thank you that the word in itself is truth. And I want you just for a moment as you sit there is to, in this moment, be intentional and just make a prayer for yourself. Say, Lord, I'm a, I want to receive the word. I'm ready to receive the word. May it have entrance in my heart. May it transform me and grow me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you guys have been doing this series, and, and part of what this morning is, is talking about joy. Uh, I love talking about that because that's what we as a church uh, have put out. Something that God started speaking to me last year already is that this is the year of joy. If you follow any of our social media, you probably have heard me speak on this or know, and Henny's also mentioned this, but we really just... We just said, what, what, what do you want to say for us? Not what do you want to say to the world and what everybody else is talking about. It was like, what do you want to speak to us about? And I, and I encouraged Henny and Fana, the different churches, Momsbury and Stellenbosch, it's like, find out what God wants to speak to your church about. What is God saying to you? It's great that we have input into that, but there's intentionality, there's a maturity in what we've got to take and say, what does God want to say to me? I don't want to be part of a blueprint that we just got all this little blueprint and now it works for Stellenbosch and works for Malmesbury and works for, for Clips on the Water and in Skolpad Frack van Dorsch, you know, somewhere out there, something like we all duplicated and it works in Australia, so it's got to work here, mate. And, uh, and then it's in America and whatever that may be. No, we've got to find what God says to us. What's God saying to you and what does He want to speak to? And uh, to us as a church and, and as leaders, I felt like, man, We've been through two years of hell. It almost felt like we were leaving Egypt. And and end of last year, it was something that really stuck in my heart, is that God was saying to me, Sean, you've left Egypt. You can never go back. You've left slavery. Now, I've pushed my church. I've used COVID to push my church out of a mentality of waiting into a mentality of promise. Out of the old into the new. I've taken you out of that and you cannot go back. And so you've, you've got to change the way you think. We cannot do church the same way as we've done in years to pass. And that doesn't mean we change the structure of church because you find a lot of time pastors will get on fire and they'll see a church with couches in. And then we put couches in the church and we put some lamps, we hang new, new lights and we go, we're not the same as anybody else. And that doesn't work. <laughs> Church is still church. Someone's going to preach. Someone's going to listen. Somewhere we're going to do an offering. Somewhere what that is. No, we're not going to do offering. We're going to just leave a box at the back. And we're going to do. You can change all of that and still have a mentality of Egypt. Still be immature. Still be children. And the Bible talks about that. It's just like a wave being tossed in the wind. Somewhere we've got to mature and grow up. You know, Jesus is in the boat. And the storm is washing into it, and he's fast asleep. And the disciples are freaking out because they're drowning. Now, if a fisherman starts freaking out, you're going to know there is trouble. I watched this clip the other day with some of these, um, these tankers out in the ocean, and then the guys do all these different funny tricks inside as, the, as this thing flips to the side. 
I don't know if you've ever seen that. They hit those big waves. And these guys are relaxed because they've been through that storm. I would be freaking out. I would be, Jesus, come fetch me right now. I'm done with this. All those ones in those buildings when there's an earthquake. Have you seen those one of the ones in Japan and some of these places? And the bath water is doing this inside the thing and you're on the 22nd floor. Some people are relaxed in it. I would not be. I'm like, I'm coming, Jesus. I'm like jumping out the window like, I don't want to stay in this building. Here's the context. These fishermen are in this boat. They are, the, it's overflow. And Jesus is fast asleep. And then when they wake him up, because here's the thing, and I've, I've preached on that here before, and I've mentioned this a lot of times, but it is such a profound moment because Jesus, they wake Jesus up, and it wasn't that they didn't have faith in Jesus, they just didn't have faith. They woke him up. They had a lot of faith in him, like, we know, we wake you up. Hey, are you, they slop. That sounds like some of our prayers, right? Are you asleep? What's going on? Do you know what's going down? What's happening here in my life? Do I need to do Facebook Live so you can see what's going on? Do I need to post about it? What do I need to do? What do I? We can't have that place. And the disciples get, wake Jesus up and he says, oh, you of little faith. You see, I think for years past and grown up in church is that a lot of times we've been waiting for God to take us out of stuff. But we've not grown out of stuff. We're still stuck in the same way of doing it, and every time God comes. Somewhere when, you, when you're raising a child or you're teaching somebody something, you'll teach and teach and teach, and then somewhere you've got to allow them to do it on their own and not take them out of the circumstances. They've got to get an understanding. They've got to grow. They need to do it on their own. And I think, not that God's left us alone, but there's a maturity that we need to step into. And I'm going to talk about joy today, but to understand joy, we've got to understand faith a little bit. We're going to understand what the basis is of where we are. So let's go to a very famous scripture, 2 Corinthians 5. We read a little bit there. and We'll jump around through a few. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I love where this whole chapter, because 2 Corinthians 5 is about rebirth. It's about who you are in Christ. And verse 17 is, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He's a new creation, not a fixed-up creation. He's a new. You're brand new. It's never been seen before, okay? A new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things are brand new in this world. So when you get saved, when your life is transformed and renewed and you are now a new creature in Christ... That is not a fixed-up creature. That is not a panel-beated creature. That is not a kind of just overall, you made a little knife decision. No, you were birthed into that. Now you need to understand what, how new you are. You know, we become so used to being Christian. It almost feels like we've got to get saved again. <laughs> like, you know, when you got saved, you're on fire, you want to read the words, you want to get into it, and then you become complacent and you become all like a little bit familiar with scripture like we're familiar with the ocean or familiar with the mountains until you go to a place where there's no mountains and no ocean and if they start where you can see the dog run away for four days <laughs> that's how flat the free state is and then you come back here and you go like wow how beautiful is this place 
And I believe that God's actually kind of like waking up like, where are you at? What's going on? Are you, do you understand who you are? You're going to get this this morning because it's, it's been shaking up. I grew up in church, been in ministry for 20 years, and it feels like I'm resaved. I've always been saved, but I'm, there's an awakening. There's something about being. Now, Romans chapter 12 says you are changed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to give you a few keys this morning. I'm not going to name them the seven keys or the six steps or the 11 ropes or the five doors, you know, those kind of sermons where like you have all the keys, all the doors and the ropes and the ladders and the steps, but you're going nowhere. <laughs> Come on, you know that kind of thing. One of the scriptures is Romans chapter 12, which says changed by the renewing of your mind. Then Matthew chapter 6 says that seek kingdom first and everything else will be added unto you. Seek the kingdom of God, what? First. Here's the thing. Is God's given us these incredible keys to have a life in victory, to always be, Philippians 4, be anxious for? Hata babaha. I mean, like, do we get anxious? Scripture says we don't have to be anxious for anything, but it's like we've got all the keys to unlock that kind of lifestyle, what it means to live there, what it means, what church is and what God wants, but we're we're leaving the keys and we're trying to, to pick the lock. We're trying to pick the lock with our understanding, with well, we, our way. No, no, not kingdom first, kingdom second. <laughs> and then we think that's going to help us get there. There's some elements and some keys and some um, principles that he's given us that we've got to access this life. We've got to access what he's given us, this new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, verse 7, if you jump back in... Uh, 2 Corinthians 5. We all know this, but do we live this? Is it we walk by faith sometimes and all the time by sight? Is that there? For we walk by faith, not by sight. Do you hear what the, how are we supposed to be this new creation, this new creature in Christ? How am I going to walk? By faith. He doesn't equate sight into this. He doesn't bring it into the equation. He doesn't even value it at all. But we've, we've lived in a place, in a position where, because where are we talking about joy? I want to access joy by my way of thinking. Let me blow something out of the water. A lot of time, our joy is accessed by what we get. When Scripture itself says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So where does, he, where does he put the blessing? So when we receive something, oh, hashtag blessed. Come on, take photos of it. It's beautiful. Did you see God's breakthrough? Now I'm joyous. Now I'm happy. Yes, that's amazing. You see what God gave me? It's wonderful. And we want that joy. That's great. But Scripture says the joy comes way before that. The blessing is in the giving. Oh, the blessing's in I've got 10 bucks left. And I'm still giving the 10 bucks. You know how strange God is? If, you, if I had to put up a scale here, strange, just different. He doesn't work our way. He doesn't operate in the way we think it's supposed to be. We put a scale up here, and you come, and you, what you give, and you give to God, and you put it all down. And then when you put everything down, you put all this whole onto the scale, and now you're waiting for God to tip the scale. Like, Lord, see what I brought. I gave so much last month. To the church. You know, I've been giving so much. It's like 15 years, Lord. And then you wait for God to tip the scale. And then God says, um, that extra 10 bucks you got in your pocket, 
Why don't you give that too? <laughs> or you're like, Lord, I've been serving so long. So it's been 10 years. God says, I'll serve one more year. <laughs> Why? Because the moment we understand that it's not about what I've brought to us, what he has done for me, that there is something in this that operates different. We walk by faith, not by sight. So here comes the thing. Healing. Stop praying for healing for somebody. What do most people right now in the church world is we want miracles immediately. So we're praying for you right now for that miracle. There's no faith required. You just want God to give it to you. I didn't get it. Well, maybe God doesn't want me healed. Are you walking by faith? Because faith says I'm healed. I don't see any of it right now. My foot's still standing like that. My head's still pulled like this. But thank you, Jesus, I'm healed. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Healing is always there. Miracles sometimes happen. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shift some stuff in here about faith. Because we want to get to joy. Because the thing is that the world does not have joy. They have moments of happiness. There's a difference. God doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to have joy. And the result of that is happiness. The result of that is there's a, a joy unspeakable and full of glory. song we've been singing so many years. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith then, let's go to Hebrews, let's go to Hebrews 11, the faith, the faith chapter. You still okay? You're not too hot? If you're hot, just breathe. Luckily, you're not in hell. <laughs> Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, when? When is faith? Now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So how does faith come? How's, how does is faith produce? Where does faith fit in? Romans 10 talks about faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing what? The Word. So faith does not come by my effort. Faith comes by something I'm listening to. Okay, yeah. some of you just got that. But where does faith come from? Well, what I'm listening to, not what I'm doing. I grow my faith by what I'm putting my ear to, what I'm allowing to speak into my life. Now, here's an interesting scripture that goes hand in hand with that, James chapter 1. James chapter 1 says, Do not deceive yourself by just hearing the word and never doing it. My translation, but that's the basis of what it says there. Don't deceive yourself. you sitting every Sunday, we hear something, but we never apply it. We never walk away with it. It never finds. He says, and Philippians, receive with meekness the implanted, the implanted word of God. Receive what? With meekness. What? The implanted word. So something about my hearing has got to be different. How am I listening to when, when word is going out? Am I being attentive like, oh, I know the scripture. I've heard it a million times. You know, Henny's talked about that last Sunday. Like, uh, it's just gone. It's like, just, it, didn't, it didn't even hit home. It just fell through, right? Just like right through. I know that scripture. I've heard that sermon before. You know, if we live in that way, 
We're missing what God wants to say right now. I've been in ministry 20 years, growing up in church, turning 45 this year. And there's some scriptures that my dad will get up and read, and at the moment he starts taking that scripture, and I know where he's going to go with it. And, or somebody that reads, and he's preaching, somebody else. I know the scripture. I've been in church so long, man. I'm a minister. But if I don't go and go like, wow, Lord, what do you want to say to me right now? I'm opening my ears. I'm opening my heart. What do you want to speak to me? Because faith cometh by hearing. And there's a different kind of hearing. It's not the hearing that just listens like, I know that, and I'm not applying it. No. Faith action is in the, sp- the space of that I walk by faith and not by sight. So I cannot for one moment allow myself to go into that realm of sight. Because if I'm in the, the natural thing, and this is what Corinthians says, natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. Cannot. It doesn't say it has a chance. This is impossible. Natural man will never take the things of the Spirit. Only the spiritual things are discerned spiritually. So that means there is something being spoken that is of a spiritual realm when God speaks something in a moment. So somebody gets up, they open the Word, they're going to read something, and they read John 3.16. All know that scripture so well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he's reading the scripture. My heart is open. Where am I going? I'm going spiritual. I'm listening to what is being said right now. I'm allowing the word of God in because something about that's building faith in me of what's happening in the spirit to release, to walk something that's different than anybody else. So here's interesting. The Egyptians have ruled over the Israelites, their slaves. God comes with a man, speaks in a moment, gives them a word. So there's a promise that's been there. You're going to take the promise. They're slaves. They've got no idea what their promise even looks like. Generations of slavery, not being in that context. God moves amongst them, powerful moments. The blood come, they put the blood on, and then God speaks, it's time to move. And then he says, what you need to do is go to the Egyptians and ask them for all their money. (laughs) Just just think about this for a moment. You're going to go to your slave owner and say, listen, I've been working for you, and I've just calculated my work. Then my dad's, like all he did for you, and then my grandfather, and you're going to back pay for three generations today. So I looked at that Lambo standing outside, and that's mine. That boat in the, I'm taking that, maybe the boat not because we're going to the desert. That's not going to work. But all the jewelry in the house, oh, that ring on your finger, thank you. I'm taking the diamond ring. The gold around your neck, I'm taking that too. Uh, Oh, I see your child's playing with that toy. My child needs it. Thank you. That's what happened. They walked in and cleaned Egypt in one day of all their wealth and left Egypt in the fullness of what God restored in one day. Come on, that takes faith. That takes boldness. That takes, I don't know how God's going to do this, but I'm going to follow Him. I'm going to listen to his word and how he does it and how he puts it together. I'm going to say no to that contract because God, is, because God said no. And I'm going to say yes to that contract, even though it doesn't make sense. I was listening to the testimony with you guys and how God was just doing that in your life. And God said, you moved to Cape Town, but he's getting all these offers in Joburg. But God didn't say stay in Joburg. God said move to Cape Town. Well, you see where, where God's word is stronger than the blessing. Oh, you're getting it. And where faith comes is like God has said something, I'm led by the shepherd, not by the blessing. So I, I think I, I was listening to this guy use this following words. 
He said, we don't have a problem with God being our Savior, but we have a problem with God being our Lord. So he can save us from situations, but when he has Lord over my life, it says, he says, turn left, and I obey. That's a different thing because that means obedience. That means faith. That means relying on him. When he says, take a leap, get out of the boat, Peter, and Peter goes, mm, sure, that's a bit difficult. You're walking on water. No, he just gets out. Okay, Lord, you said I'm coming. And he steps out and he walks on water. Because remember what happened the first time that God did that to him. He said, throw your net on the other side in the middle of the day. That's faith, right? You don't catch fish like that. I was speaking to a young guy the other night who's going to the world championship uh, fly fishing. I don't know if any of the guys here like fly fishing. That's the only fishing I like because it feels like I'm hunting the fish. And the other one feels like I'm just waiting for the fish to come to me. The fly fishing in the middle of the day, you can't just go out and walk up to the fish. Now, this guy's girlfriend doesn't know any about fishing. So he's out there busy catching fish. And then she comes walking. It's like, hey, Leister. And she's like, and he's like, the fish, and then all the fish are gone. Because that, you can't do that. What happens? Jesus goes to Peter, says, cast it on the other side. Move to Cape Town. Close your business. Say no to that contract. Yes to that contract. Do that thing. Go to that church. Be there. Say yes to that, that, that action that God wants you. Give that amount. Like, there's a couple in church a few years ago. They're sitting. They've just sold their house, and they've got a bit of extra cash on the one side, sitting in church. And uh, we had a, a couple come from Portugal that we invited a pastor and his wife. And they sat there, and he got in the car, and he said, God said, we need to give all the money to this trip for these people to come. And his wife looked at him. He's like, are you, are you crazy? <laughs> like, just give it away. They, they just got saved. And so God was speaking to him about this, and he, he said, no, God really spoke to me. I could feel his presence, and it didn't ma doesn't make sense, I know. We were like, uh, it's a little bit, but God said, we've got to do it. And so they came to me the next day, and they prayed about it, and his wife said, okay, well, it's a big thing, but I'm going to trust you for this. They gave him the money. Um, he was just starting his new business. Within a few months, his business exploded. Things Turn around. The, the amount they gave was so superseded by the blessing that was coming in through their life. And he wasn't doing it to get the blessing. He was doing it in obedience by faith when God spoke to him. So one of the ladies in church this morning as I was finishing up in Strand, she comes out to the door. She says, Sean, 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 I need to talk to you. This tithing, first fruit, all these different things. God woke me up in the middle of the night and he started speaking to me. I couldn't sleep last night. I need to know everything about this. Because God's not leaving me about this thing. I need to know what does it mean? How does that work? Because I need to do this because God has been speaking to me about trusting and obedience. You know, that's powerful. I didn't, I've never told her that. I've never come to her and said, listen, you need to sit down and you need to do this and this and this. No, obedience comes and then faith comes. And then when we do the faith step, then the blessing starts flowing in our life and we start seeing God is good and God's there. But we walk by faith and not by sight. What am I, I was chatting to some of the youth on Friday night, being, hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God, and I was using an illustration of a Bluetooth speaker and how it's connected, and the speaker doesn't have to worry one bit about what it's about to broadcast as long as it's connected. And so many times we're like, how do I walk in this? Don't worry, just keep your ear and connect it to God. How do I know what is faith and what's God going to say? I don't know what God's going to ask you, and I don't want to preempt it or do any of that. But 
How do you know what that is? Relationship. I walk by faith, not by sight. Hearing faith cometh by what? Hearing the word. What word am I listening to? What am I allowing to speak into my life? What takes more of my time? And I, I've made certain decisions in my life a while ago. I'm like, no, I need to cut this and cut that and move away from that because I am not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me. I'm running ahead. Have you ever been there? Where you find yourself, you're five steps ahead of God. And you're like, no, but Lord, you said. And like, no, I didn't say anything like that. Come back. Come stand here. And like, no, Lord, but it's all for you. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. Take a step back. Sometimes we've got to get to that place because who leads us? The shepherd. The shepherd what? Leads. It's not for the Lord is my bouncer. <laughs> and he'll just take all my enemies out. No, he's my shepherd. So, yes, the shepherd will protect me. But the context of what he, he reveals himself as? A shepherd. What does a shepherd do? He leads. How? With his voice. Was there, <laughs> Timothy got some sheep there at, at their place. And he walks out and he just, how's that sound here? Sheep, 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 sheep. And cool, man, man, they come. Just more, man, they were busy with their own thing. They go, sheep, sheep. And they're like, hey, food's coming over here. I don't know, they might get slaughtered. But anyway, <laughs> and the, the sheep comes to the voice. There's a voice that's speaking in our life that we've got to be attentive to and listen to and walk by faith, even though it doesn't seem like it's that way. You say, Sean, I've heard this. Yeah, I know. I know you know some of the stuff, and I know you know the Scriptures. But there's an intent in what God's taking us in, and He's taking us to maturity. God wants to see us mature. The Holy Spirit is pushing in and saying, come on, there's more I want to do in you and through you. There's more I want to reveal to you. I want to take you deeper. I want to cut some of the stuff in that you've pulled in your life. I want, I want that out. And I'm going to move only by my voice to take you to that place. So the scripture in Nehemiah, let's jump quickly there. Because we, we haven't spoken one bit about joy. And I need some joy. Nehemiah, Nehemiah, tomato, tomato, whatever works for you. Nehemiah 8. It's this beautiful encounter in the context of where God is restoring things back in Israel. And he's revealing these things. And Ezra gets up and reads the law. He reads a word from God. And whenever they're hearing this word, they all go and start weeping. Because they realize like, wow, man, that is so much that God is asking of us. The word, like we fall so short in comparison. Have you ever felt that way? Every now and again, I feel like, wow, Lord, I, like, how is that even possible? Like, I just feel like I, I just fall short to whatever it is that you, how great you are. Like, I could never earn all of this. I understand grace, and I understand what it is by grace. But then sometimes, when you're just so busy with yourself, and you're busy with other things, you just look at it and go, Lord, you are that great. You are that amazing. How could you even think of me? And so they weep, and then your mind gets up. And they speak here. Um, verse 10, it said, And then he said to them, Go away, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portion of those who nothing to is prepared, for the day is holy to our Lord. Uh, do not have sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What is my strength? Joy of the Lord. 
Here's the, here's the key. Here's the thing that I believe God's taking us to. And that's why I started speaking about faith, because there's something I've got to access. And what is that? Joy. So joy comes through faith, because the faith action produces the joy. Joy is not happiness. Joy is the foundation I stand on that produces happiness. It's that thing that I access by faith that I've put in my heart, that I've developed, that I constantly go back to because that gives me, that's the strength he's saying. So in the beginning of the year, God comes, gives a word. It says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So I'm like, okay, so there's probably a few stuff going to happen this year that's not going to be joyous. That's going to come against me. There's some giants that are going to shout, some stuff that's going to happen. But i got to purposefully, by faith, go into this word, produce that word in my heart, grab it by faith, and then start walking in it. Because it says you could be deceived by just hearing it and thinking, oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, that's nice, nice, nice sermon this morning. Yeah, it was hot in church, but it was a nice sermon. <laughs> or I can grab something that God wants to speak to me right now about that the joy of the Lord is my Strength. What's my strength? Joy. So joy is when things, nothing goes right, everything goes wrong, and you have nothing in order, and it feels like all your hamsters have gotten out, and the bunnies, and nothing's in a row, and it's just chaos where you're at, and it doesn't feel like you've got things in place, and it's still in, we've, in the third year, and still nothing's happened. Come on, some of us have, we've gone through a few years, and still there's no greater change. And I can't even believe it. We're in 2022, and this COVID's hit, and nothing's changed. But there's a joy that he wants us to access by faith. When he says, faith gives substance to things hopeful, the evidence of things not yet seen. Oh, so by faith, I'm going to step into some joy. I'm going to step into some joy. I'm going to release the joy in my life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I don't feel like it right now. The situation, the thing, and I'm going to access it. I'm going to step into it. I'm going to, by faith, take the word and allow that word to grow in my heart because through that, I'm going to step into it. And I start saying, oh, but just suddenly something comes right. This thing starts opening up. Maybe nothing's opening up because I'm stepping into something that produces strength. That produces strength. You know, in, in all these years of ministry, I don't think churches have ever felt what they felt in the last couple of years. Many churches have closed. Some people have left church. Uh, some churches will never, ever open again. Some people have left faith. They're just like, I don't believe in God. But in the same moment, you're finding people that are finding God in the same circumstances. New churches are starting up. People are coming to God. People are getting saved. Testimonies are coming out, but some of us have gotten to a place where we're in the boat and Jesus is sleeping and we're like, I haven't got a word from you. Lord, you haven't spoken to me. What's going on? Nothing's happening. It's the second year. It's the third year. What's going on? And it's like, come on, there's something about faith in this moment that you've got to grow out of. Grow in that faith. Grow out of that circumstance. Step into what that is because what I'm about to do through you and in you, you need this right now. I am um, in with a lost story, and I have used this here before. When I went to the Camino in Spain, you, you do this backpack, pack your backpack, and you've got a whole list of stuff that you've got to put into it. And some of you have gone hiking before. Um, 
I'll tell two, I'll, there's two stories, okay? You still, you still okay? Otherwise, grab a quick water. I'll be quick. And so in this whole process, uh, you've got to pack everything you need. And one of two things that I was really idiotic, but maybe three things, a lot more, is you need to realize your backpack needs to be only 10% or a little bit more of your body weight. So you can't put more than that because the amount of distance you've got to go and how far you've got to walk, so you've got to pack, pack very little. But I thought, like, I might need all this stuff. I might need shampoo. I don't know why. <laughs> that was even in my bag. I quickly left that along the road. I, I, like this medicine, almost like a cabinet, like a bag full of stuff I thought I'm going to need. And, and I was like, there's pharmacies and I wasn't getting sick. And like, what is all this stuff? I just left it in a, in a hostel. Just, and a winter sleeping bag. And I went in the summer. And thing is heavy. Like, I don't like even plan. Like, I got there. I'm like, it's winter in South Africa, but it's not winter in Europe. You see, the, the preparation of what it was was half prepared, kind of just going with it, never walking into it, not making sure I'm getting the right stuff and, and what I think I need instead of what God tells me I need. God's telling me, all you need right now is the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm not going to give you anything else. I'm going to give you a word. You're going to produce that word in your heart. You're going to constantly be speaking that word in your heart, and something's going to come forth out of it because I want you to grow. I want you to grow in where you're at, and you're never going back the same way. And allowing the Holy Spirit to be the one that leads you. So, talking about hiking, one of the other pastors there in Strand, he loves hiking, but he is like Buzz Lightyear. To infinity and beyond. He's got everything you need. So he doesn't hike like I hike. I hike and I go like, oh, that looks like a path. Let's go down there. No, this guy hikes with a GPS and coordinates. So we'll be walking and we'll go down a path and then he'll say, stop, stop, stop. We're on the wrong path. Let's go back. And he goes back and like, okay, no, the path's here, but it doesn't look like there's a path. And we'll take two steps and suddenly, oh, here's the path. I find like when we're, when we're not spending the time with the Holy Spirit, we're not allowing the voice to be our guide. A lot of times we find ourselves, we're off on a tangent here and going this side and thinking God's going to bless us. And we're, we're, we think that's faith. No, no. Faith with the voice of God produced in our life or what the voice of God is speaking will always lead us on the right path. It will keep you on the right path. You, and that's what I found in the beginning of the year. Last year was crazy. We were running ahead at a bunch of stuff. I was I was mentoring pastors in Mexico on Zoom calls. And I just realized, and I thought, like, I was doing God a big favor just being the greatest pastor in the world. I'm pastoring everybody. I'm so busy, and I think that's holiness. And that's not holiness. That's being an idiot. Stupid. And then God said, like, did I tell you when you said yes to pastor those people? Did I tell you that? But it's something good. I've did something good, right, Lord? No. Stop it. You are down the wrong path. Stop that. Cancel it. Tell them you're sorry and come back. And so I called up. I said, sorry, buddy. I can't mentor you guys. You need to find another mentor. I'll pray for you. But I did not listen to God when I started this. So I'm sorry. I can't do it. Stop. I said, let's make the network smaller. Bunch of guys, you're driving, you're putting it into it. Stop it, step back. We stopped it, we stepped back, and I started feeling God's peace returning. 
I'm starting to feel I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I'm starting to hear his voice more clear. I'm finding that those moments of listening to him, and I'm starting to, the joy is returning because now I'm focused on that, and I'm not focused on everything else that I think is going to make me happy instead of being the one place that God's speaking into my heart because I'm listening to what he's saying, not what I'm thinking he's saying. I feel like that in the spirit today. That's where I'm, I'm hitting on that thing right now. A lot of the times we're running down a certain direction where God never told us to be, and he just step back into me, stay here, and watch what I'll do through you. Let me be the one that speaks into your heart. Let me be the one that guides you, and then you'll walk in peace. The reason I, and I'll, I'll end with this, I think the reason why God was speaking to us about joy was if you look around us, a lot of people need joy. Right? We, we, and I don't know some of we need joy. We're so tired. We're overworked. We have a lot of moments of happiness, but we're not really joyous. Joyous is that infectious. I, there was a guy on one of the calls yesterday. I, I did a prophetic call with some pastors in the U.S. And, and a guy called Randy. Randy has more energy than I've ever seen in my entire life. Randy is close to his, close to the 60s. And I'm thinking, Randy, five minutes with you, and I'll feel like I can take on the world. This guy has got so much joy. It is bubbling out of him. It is, and it's like, but sure, that's not my personality. No, I'm not trying to see you becoming an extrovert. Being, extrovert, being an extrovert doesn't mean you have joy. It doesn't mean because you're loud you have joy. No, you're just loud. Joy is infectious. It just rubs off. It's just like we welcomes when the first thing I get on the call, he like types in like, hey, Sean, on the typing, I can see the joy. <laughs> you ever had those kind of people like just the typing? I'm like, yeah, this guy's joyous. And I felt like God's bringing some joyous people into my life. Just like, hey, I want to do something in you. I need you to be a little bit, because the joy, it doesn't touch you. So I get on a call and I'm like, hey, Randy, how you doing? He says, Sean, it is amazing to see you. I'm like, yes, this is lacquer. I'm like, I've got a drink of joy here. The world does not have that. The world right now is still at a place. You look at where things are at. And I stopped watching news. I was listening to a guy the other day. He said the last time he watched news is 1985. He doesn't own a telly. He doesn't watch any news. And he trends on social media. He does all these different things, but he's not on it. And I realized that, this, and he says, you know what? I've got so much joy in my life because I'm not listening to all the nonsense. And I'm like, wow, man, I have been spending too much time listening at all the different political stuff and getting worked up by all this stuff that I'm not even involved in. I'm angry at a guy who lives in the U.S. who's angry with another guy who's angry with some other guy, and everybody's angry. I'm like, that's not godly. That's not God. I'm going to get this out. Faith cometh by hearing. What am I listening to? I, I just want to listen to the Word right now. I, just, I don't want to cut all the social media stuff. I cut the news stuff. I'm not getting into it. I don't want to hear about it. Somebody tells me, I said, let's pray for it right now, whatever that is. If it's that nation and a friend of me um, sends me something from their nation. Right now, pastor in Jamaica, massive crime spree in Jamaica. They're affected by it. In their town, 72 people have been killed in the last month. It's crazy right now. And I sent a message, can you guys please pray for our church? I didn't know, I, that was not news. That was a prayer request. You, you see where I'm going with it? That's immediately like, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray for this. 
So I'm building my faith. I'm building joy because it's going to rub off on the world. When the world is at a place where nothing gives them joy, they're going to look to the church and say, why are you so joyous? How is it possible that you can access that, be blessed by that, be such great givers, such great people? Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. Scripture says that the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Your Jesus looked at joy and said, this is all worth it. Okay, you at that. Jesus looked at it all and said, for the joy that was about to come to my people, for the joy that would be released in my life, for the joy that would be released 2,000 years later when people understand that the joy of the Lord is their strength, that's the kind of thing that changes everything about you. So when we were these kids... I said two stories. I lied. I'm sorry. Thank you, Jesus. Forgive me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's the joy. When I was a kid, we, we had this Rodney Howard Brown video. I mean, any of you have ever heard of Rodney Howard Brown? Any of you have heard of him? Preaching in America, an African guy. He had this laughing revival that wherever he went, people laughed. It's crazy. People just drunk in the spirit. So we get this video. Still videos back in the days. Luckily, some of you are older here. You still remember videos. <laughs> And it popped the video in, and it was about a testimony that they had with all these pastors. And there was a pastor they gave the mic to, and he gets on prim and proper, nice with his tie, and, and he needs to tell the people that he was skeptical. And so he takes the mic. So we're a bunch of teenagers watching a video of all these guys dressed in suits, and we're sitting there in the lounge, and he takes the mic, gives it to the pastor, and the pastor takes the mic, and he says, I was uh, skeptical. Skeptical. <laughs> he just does that. And people start laughing for no reason. And then, but he can't say more than that. He goes, I was a, uh, and you can see the more he tries to talk, the more drunker he gets. I was a, uh, um, <laughs> day of Pentecost. What happened? They were drunk. He said, What are these guys? They look drunk in the middle of the day. What are they drinking? What kind of holy sambuka are these guys on? Holy tequilas. <laughs> and he's standing there and goes, I was uh, <laughs> skeptical. <laughs> and the more he's saying that, the more I start laughing. Then my friends start laughing. Whereas the power of God hit us in that lounge. That by the time my parents got home, we were all, all of us, all the teenagers, all my friends, under the power of God, lying in the lounge, laughing for over two hours. We can't stop laughing. And the more we, like, one gets up, he hits the power of God, hits him, nobody touches him, bah, down in the floor. We're 16 years old, sitting there and just laughing and laughing and laughing. We don't know why we can't stop laughing. Just because a guy said he was skeptical. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, right? But something about that shifted our school. It shifted our youth. It changed everything because joy started flooding through into our city, flooding through into our youth group. Things just started changing because there was a joy that wasn't produced through the world. It wasn't produced through some sort of external, but it was spirit-driven. I'm not talking about laughing. I'm talking about something much deeper than that. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. Would you just close your eyes with me? Father, I thank you that I can pray for this church. But what I want to release today is a new atmosphere into this place. 
I want to release a freedom into this place today. I felt in the Spirit, Lord, as I was preaching, that we were knocking through some walls. You know, when, when you break through, before I pray, I want to say this while your eyes are closed. When you break through in a house and you need to remove a wall to open up a space, before you can have the benefit of that dream or the break, the, the, the new room, whatever that is, it's dusty. It's messy. It takes effort. You just push, 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 and eventually the wall breaks. And once the wall's broken down, you've got to remove the bricks. And that's a bit messy and, and a bit tough. And then when you've got the bricks out, you clean the house, and then you start putting things in place. And then eventually the room is finished, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing. In this morning, in the Spirit, though you don't even know it yet, some bricks have been knocked out. Some stuff has been opened up. Something that God is releasing in your life has been spiritual this morning. I've been feeling it the entire morning. I felt like enemy wanted to come this morning and stop this from happening. He's just like, no, this word's not supposed to be preached in Stellenbosch we can't have a joyous church we can't have people that are living in strength and victory I don't want people to live there enemy wants you a slave he wants you stuck in Egypt he doesn't want you in the promise he doesn't have you to, to get you to not believe all he needs you to do is to change your focus just keep your focus on what you don't have keep your focus on where you've come from instead of putting your focus on where God's taking you there's a joy that God wants to release in this place that's going to break down walls. There's a joy that God wants to release in this place that's going to be the strength that's going to shift this city. There's a joy that God wants to re release that's going to change your family. There's a joy that's going to shift things that God wants to release in this place today. There's a faith walk that won't make sense to the world that God wants to release. And in the spirit this morning, I felt as I was preaching, I felt I was knocking down some walls. Because this is what happens sometimes in the spirit. God will send somebody from the outside in to say, like, I know you don't have the strength, but we're a body. The foot sometimes needs the hand. The hand sometimes needs an ear. The ear sometimes needs a mouth. And this morning, there's been, a, there's been somebody in this place, I've come here prophetically to stand next to you as part of the body and to smash down some walls. The walls that have kept you from walking in victory. The walls that have kept you from living in the promise that God has for you. Always feeling depressed. Always having anxiety. Never really truly living in the joy of God. You never feel joyous. You felt like you've never really lived there. Man, I'm feeling like I'm hitting it right now on the spot. I'm feeling in the spirit. This is what it's hitting. Enemy wants to keep you behind those walls. He wants to keep you in that prison cell. No person, no job, no money, no, diff no external is going to give you what you want. No amount of counseling will do that. No amount of money or whatever you think. God says this morning, I want you to access something. That's going to make you, for the rest of your life, it's going to set you free. Make you joyous. Walk in strength. You're not going to be moved by the waves that are coming your way. You're not going to be moved by the wind that blows. But you are standing on the rock because there's joy.
There's joy. There's joy. There's joy. There's joy. The joy rubs off. The joy is all around you. The joy is on top of you. People come around you like, why are you so joyous? How can you be so happy? You don't even have what I have, but you got more joy than me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Phil, it's just such a prophetic morning this morning. For this church, for the city, for you. Man, the devil is stolen from you. All you can do is look at the devil and go like, man, you've taken so much from me. <laughs> I'm laughing at you, man, because the joy of the Lord is my strength. God's going to give me hundredfold back and even more. I'm looking at 200, 300 fold, but I'm not waiting for that. I'm joyous right now. Devil, you've stolen from me. I've seen people die around me. I've lost all the m- m- money. I've been rejected by family. I've been through rejection. I've maybe had a tough life, whatever that may be. Lord, I know this morning the joy of the Lord is my strength. And by faith, I'm taking it today because I walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.